back on the hunt with Supernatural and our season three recap. I'm Chris Barros. And my name is Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. These are always so much fun, Chris. We can just kind of, you know, look back at our work these last 16 episodes. We've talked ad nauseum about all of them. So now we can actually look at the season as a whole. Because I think, Chris, when I think like back at every season or just Supernatural in general, I do categorize them into seasons. Like certainly I have my favorite episodes, but I do look back in seasons. I think most people do. When you get to 15 seasons of a show, you, you can kind of segment it in that way. So these are always super fun for us. We have an agenda here of, of things that we'll talk about. Um, but of course, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Reddit. We're always hosting discussions over there. We love feedback about the show, but just supernatural in general. Um, we love talking about this stuff. So leave us a message. Uh, we'd love to feature you on the show if interested. But Chris, let's let's hop right in here. What are we going to talk about? So the way we generally break these down, and we really, we are shooting the shit with these episodes. It's a lot of fun because we don't have to break down an episode. We get to break down a season and that's not a a simple process. So we like to have a little fun with it. So we're going to start, I think, off here with just some overall impressions or thoughts on this season. And for me, I think the biggest thing, Dan, is that this was a overall strong season Mm -hmm. that flubs a bit towards the end. They've got some episodes that I feel are unnecessary towards the end, but overall it has a pretty tight uh, kind of awareness going on early on. And I, I it's, it's slightly disappointing and I, I like the season. I like the season quite a bit. It's slightly disappointing that those episodes are in there only because you only have 16 episodes, man, this could have been literally a season with 16 good to great episodes. And it's just not, and that's okay. Every season's going to have some ones I don't love, but mm-hmm. there's just a few at the end. I was just like, mm-hmm. why is that in there? We don't need that. Yeah, totally. Like it, it could have been a near perfect season, Chris. Like you said, a lot of these episodes are nine plus, man. It's, it's actually ridiculous for a show that, you know, was suffering through the writer's strike. We've said so many times, I wanted to look at the critics, Chris, I'm going to say what I think too, but I, I thought it was important to see like, what did critics think at the time? And critically, it actually did well enough. Uh, average viewership of 2.74 million uh, Americans, that is. Uh, and actually, the show received an early pickup for the fourth season. Um, so, you know, the, the show performed well enough. Rotten Tomatoes uh, gave it an 88% uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Are you in that ballpark, Chris? Less? More? No, that, that's fair to me. I think that's yeah. fair. I, I, Like I said, I, there's, I think it could have been in the 90s, I, quite frankly, if you yeah. remove probably two episodes if i'm being honest you take two episodes out of this season even if you made it a 14 episode season i think you take two episodes out in particular and you have a 9.90 or higher on rotten tomatoes and i I think rotten tomatoes is always interesting um i don't take any of these as you know the the, you know the grail right it's not it's not going to describe my interest i mean i just got done with uh umbrella academy season three and I heard a lot of people rip on it. I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of fun. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to agree with everybody. And I don't expect everyone to agree with me, you, or or any other recap podcast. But uh, when it comes down to it, um, yeah, it could have been better. But it was really good. Like, I, everything I'm saying, I really like this season. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I thought it had some interesting characters uh, in it, in particular, that we'll get into. Um, but uh, overall... Very positive vibes on my end. 
Yeah, I think you just said it, Chris. I think the biggest strength of the season was the character development, right? Sam, he starts to explore his darker side. And Dean, he actually starts to show vulnerability to counter that bravado and tough guy front that he has, right? You think about season one, season two, for Dean to be so vulnerable in this season is just fantastic uh, and a complete change of pace. On the other side of things, it's a tight, it's very fast-paced, Chris. Um, for me personally, this is the season that hooked me to be a lifelong fan. Like, I remember Christmas came around, I asked for the Blu-ray. Um, and, you know, on the Blu-ray with the bloopers, and it was all the episodes and, like, you know, the, the show notes. Like, it was it was really the season that anchored me into the series. Um, that DVD set, by the way, was ranked number six in sales uh, the week it was released. So I had to look into that, too, Chris, to see how do people feel about this back in the day. Um, and overall, let me just say, like, stylistically, I think the show took a turn. It's certainly a departure from season one and season two, Chris. It's a little lighter. It's not as dark or gritty, I think we've noticed, you know, between each episode. Um, it's much brighter and softer in tone. And I think partially that's because the boys are on their own journey now, right? They're sort of independent of John. Season two was still sort of about John. Dean was dealing with the death of his dad. Like, it, it was still about you know, mom got killed from yellow eyes, dad's dead. Like, how do we regroup? This season actually feels like it's Sam and Dean. Here we go. This is the beginning of something that is going to be really epic. So, you know, I, I think it's a good season. And like you said, it's a short season. They could have absolutely nailed every single episode. And we could have seen that rating be like in the high 90s. But a B plus, I, I think I agree with that. I think I might go a little bit lower, Chris. I'm probably around the 80 to 85% personally. But 88%, nothing to be mad about. I, I would argue of the first five seasons, this could have been number two. It's not, in my opinion, but it could have been, you know. Right. So that's another ranking we'll have to do when we get to the end of a show is let's rank the seasons. The, yeah. the series recap episode. Yes. That'll be a doozy. We'll need like five hours. Uh, you know, but let's as we talk about this episode, uh, this season, um, you know, one thing to note, it is 16 episodes. It's a writer's strike. When you put that in perspective, and I, I and I will talk about this the same way when you get to season 15, season 14, and you talk about it as in the context of it was made during a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. There's things you have to take into consideration for that reason. I'm very happy it has an 88 because, quite frankly, it takes yeah. a lot to make that happen. You mentioned, by the way, I think it's important that you did mention this. You mentioned the point of the character development and, and all those other pieces. I do think they're critical to it. Uh, I think there's, and I want to skip actually, if it's okay with you, um, to that favorite character discussion. Yes. Um, I want to build up to talk about our favorite moments, but favorite sure. characters, there's some great characters in this, in this season. But when I was thinking about it and thinking about who is my favorite character in the season and i'm thinking about guest stars we we're not talking about jared and jensen in those in those right. moments i was surprised when i evaluated this for myself and it was a character who was underutilized in my opinion mm -hmm. vastly underutilized guest star who meets his end and that's hendrickson i loved the performance that he gave his coming to realization of what dean and the boys were that is a reaction i thought he did it i guess so well and better than a lot of people before who have had to deal with this idea that wait a minute this is all like real what the you know he took it in stride but still with this moment of like 
wow. And I don't know the combination of it. And as much as I would love to say, I would, my favorite guest star was the trickster um, or, or someone else. And you could say guest star in this case for the trickster, you know, not yeah. a main character's point. Henriksen just, I, I, to this day now I'm thinking, man, I wish we got a lot more of that character because I just think there was more. We discussed this a little bit in that episode. And, and since we had that discussion, it's kind of sat on my mind and I've just been like, mm, we could have done more with that character. So Henriksen was actually my favorite guest star in this particular season. Um, and, and I want to make a sub note that Bobby's development into a core character and I, he's still classified as a guest star, but I have a hard time classifying him as a guest star because we know he's right. He's, he's at the heart of the show. So I, I don't put him in that category, but his development was also one of my other favorite things in terms of character. Yeah. Henriksen is, is fantastic. Chris uh, played by Charles Malik Whitfield. Um, and, and let's just say we have to remember that later in the series, the boys do have allies in law enforcement, right? Uh, Jody, as an example, um, I, I personally think that Henriksen laid the blueprint for that. If his character didn't work out so well, we might not have gotten that dynamic in future seasons. Uh, and, you know, the other thing about Henriksen is that his story comes full circle, Chris. He, you know, his intention the whole time was to protect people, right? Like, even when he thought the boys were mass murderers, which if you were in his shoes, you would think the same thing, right? So, like, we have to keep that in mind that his whole goal was to keep people safe. And after all, he he sort of dies a hunter, Chris, in Justin Bellow. Like, he, he believes the boys, he, he uncuffs them, and he goes down swinging like a hunter would. So, um, I, I totally agree with your assessment, Chris. I had to go back and forth on this, on who my favorite was, and I, too, landed on Henriksen. I do want to point out, though, that Bella is, is a very close second, Chris, and it's really a shame that they had to end her arc. Uh, I was looking into, you know, some other reception points and, you know, people really didn't love Bella. I know you and I do, and we've talked about it. We think she's a really strong character, really interesting background. We both love that. She's not a hunter, but she like buys and sells supernatural objects. It's really interesting. And it like really uh, expands the supernatural world. I hope we get that in the prequel or, or something like that, Chris. Um, but People didn't love Bella. They thought that Bella made Sam and Dean look dumb. She certainly did, but I think that actually added to the the episode that she, you know, was uh, featured in. And she's in quite a lot of them, Chris. Bella Bella has like a pretty strong appearance in this season. So I just wanted to throw her out there as well to say Bella. I actually really was a fan of her. Uh, Laura Cohen, um, uh, you know, playing Bella uh, for that one season. She went on to do, you know, arguably bigger things. Uh, but the, the Walking Dead, fairly large role that she's still in to this yes. day. So, you know, you can't really debate debate the fact that, you know, she probably wasn't long for the show anyways. And it with with that level of success. But it's true. And I, I honestly thought one of us would say her. And I bet you if people are listening, like, well, you guys talked a lot about how you liked her. But, yeah, you know, I think that only goes to show you how well this Hendrickson character came off because. He was in not as many episodes and maybe that worked in his favor, but I'm telling you every episode he was in, I liked it going back to season two. So I, I dug the character. I love the arc and yeah, that easy choice for me, honestly, to do that, even though I did like Bella and I will, I will sit there and defend the bell, the concept of the Bella character. I thought she executed the character. Well, uh, I, 
I think there's a void left by what that type of character could be. Uh, just because you're right, the seller of these kind of supernatural goods. I think that's interesting, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but the bottom line is characters are one thing. Characters have tremendous moments and more than one. I, I don't think just one, but yeah. what about moments for you? Are there any moments in this season that just stand out? I mean, we just came out of talking about, I'll just say, I mean, we straight up are re- recorded our finale episode and our recap episode, and we're dropping them on the same day. So if you're listening to this, you might've just listened to our finale episode. And we, we watched a visceral scene with Dean being a tor- torn apart by hellhounds, all these other things, but there's so many other great moments that maybe aren't as fresh, but hopefully because of the rewatch are now fresh in your mind. So what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, there were so many, Chris, um, which actually surprised me. You know, I, I last uh, recap of season two, I actually had sort of a difficult time pinpointing one because season two, it just felt like a whole unit. But season three, I think because it was a shorter season that each episode really had a lot of like key golden moments. Um, I'm going to reveal two that weren't my actual pick, Chris, but just honorable mentions. And maybe they actually were your pick. Um, the first one you probably won't expect. It's from The Kids Are All Right, episode two where Dean meets uh, Ben, who he thinks might be his son. And the moment that I'm referencing is when he actually lays eyes on Ben. And Ben is dressed like Dean. He talks like Dean. He hits on girls like Dean. He eats like Dean. He burps like Dean. I mean, for Dean to see this kid that looks exactly like him, his first thought, you can tell, and Jensen does a great job of emoting this, but he looks sort of terrified that he might be a dad. But almost instantly after that, he like he he buys into it like he's really interested by this kid and you kind of seen dean lean into this father role and i really love that for dean because he you know he he i don't want to say he doesn't have family chris but his whole upbringing was on the road and actually you know since this is a rewatch podcast we know where dean ends up right so like the fact that he got to fantasize for a day about being a dad was really cool to watch and like really heartwarming so while that wasn't my favorite moment, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I do enjoy that episode. Um, my, my second place uh, favorite moment um, would be the, the Christmas episode. And I didn't pick this because I have a better one. But, you know, we, we've covered this, Chris. The, it's, it's arguably the most heartwarming moment between the brothers and the whole show. Um, in particular, that last scene of that episode where they're sharing eggnog. They're on the couch. Um, they sort of decided to put... Dean's future to the side just to enjoy each other's company for the day. And I really love that. And so I had to give that an honorable mention as well. But the the favorite moment that I had, Chris, um, was actually uh, Dean versus Dream Dean. That's from episode 10, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Now, <clears throat> I think a lot of fans, Chris, mistake uh, that, you know, they make the mistake that Dean has like really poor uh, self-esteem throughout the whole show. And I think that's warranted because we spend the first three seasons seeing Dean sort of feel bad for himself. Right. Um, But to actually be able to come to terms with your own psyche and self image physically in the way that they did this episode, Chris was like super, super interesting. I mean, Dean is so relatable in this moment and in this episode as a whole and to see him confronting his own insecurities in a physical way, I thought was really clever and well done. And the performance by Jensen was just incredible. I mean, I think the best of the season, honestly. I mean, his death is is great too, Chris, in the finale. But 
I think that's probably Jensen's best acting performance uh, in the season, at least. So that's my favorite moment. I really love seeing Dean put that to the side. He's been dealing with that for a while. And in this episode, for what it's worth, he puts most of that to the side. He's able to reconcile that within himself. And so that's that's my favorite moment. And it's actually one of my favorite episodes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease. It's not on my top three, Chris, but fourth favorite episode, perhaps. Um, I really love it. It's, it's really I, I a great I thought moment. that would be high up there for you. And it's funny that you say that. Um, I have three. Um, my first moment is a Dean moment. Uh, I'd say my third. I'll work backwards. Right. Dean dying repeatedly in the montage of it is one of my favorite. I don't know what it is. It's hilarious. From the Dean eating, what if it was a tuna sandwich or whatever, the melt. And then um, everything about that episode. Um, and I'm not talking about the episode itself, but more so the montage of Dean death. Yeah. And just seeing Sam's like, oh, my God, Um, that that whole thing. There's something about it. It was needed in this season, I felt. And and I thought that that stood out. My second moment, the runner up, though, was actually the Bobby moment of really revealing his origin, him seeing fright and him saying. And it's a conversation. It's short. And he says, we all have our you know, we all have our story of how we got started. And to get a background on Bobby to me was a huge moment and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it, it stood out. It stood out really strongly for me. And I, and I love that we got that in such a unique way using this concept of sleepwalking, uh, which I thought was really cool, but we shared the same moment. Um, my number one is Dean's conversation himself because that it, it was a turning point because it was at the heart of the plot as we've talked about that, the heart of the plot was Dean's going to hell. Yeah. And in this case, he struggles with his self-worth. And the bottom line about that scene is he struggles with his self-worth the entire show. So mm-hmm. I think it just hits home because whether you've just watched season 15, season 12, season eight, season one, you know this. So to me, I, I'm with you. There's not much where I can add that scene. We share the same number one in this case, because that scene just stood out. It was phenomenal. And I, as I think I've said before, I have a hard time, putting finale moments as best because I feel like they get so much attention. Right. Um, But I probably would give an honorable mention to that entire final scene of the last episode, because I think the last episode of this season is held together by the final 10 minutes, but totally uh, all that said, yeah, Dean's conversation with, you know, other Dean. (laughs) Oh God, it's so good. So yeah, I got to go that way too. But not all our stuff is our favorite. Um, we have to talk about our least favorite. There's always at least one. Yep. Later seasons, we'll have probably a harder choice here. And we, we've acknowledged that. But our least favorite episode. There's two episodes I really didn't like that much. One of them more than the other. And I've, I kind of hinted to you this before we hit record. One has a redeeming factor for me because it has a payoff on a story arc. Mm-hmm. another one just sucks as far <laughs> as i'm concerned um and it's not bugs necessarily but i cannot for the life of me even get through long distance call without multiple sittings so for me long distance call was my least favorite episode i struggled to rewatch it yeah. struggled to rewatch it there now i want to note the whole monster story weird guy with the face at least that had other things happening in the long run, but long distance call. 
I cannot get over the fact that Dean would not fall for this crap in my mind. Yep. And that's what did it for me. Because at least the other one had a kind of creepy looking monster guy. Um, I didn't agree with Sam act, Sam's actions in that one, but Dean and his dad, like that's Sam losing mind is one thing, but Dean and the things he, he knows about his dad, his he should have known. He should have known, and it bugs me. I had a hard time honestly picking between the two. Um, but I think in the long run, that episode just bugs me more. It, it just hurts thinking about it. Yeah, that my least favorite episode is Long Distance Call, episode 14. We're three for three here, Chris. You know, it's a short season. Usually we have different takes on this. People are going to think we rigged this. But yeah, Long Distance Call, what a bad episode. And let me add to what you said, Chris. The, both leads are acting out of character, right? Sam, but especially Dean, they're both acting out of character. Sam usually is the one that is willing to try anything to get Dean out of his deal, right? He's saying we should trust Ruby demons. We should go see a, a shaman. Let's, you know, he has all these ideas of how to get Dean out, but in this episode, he's the realist. Why? Meanwhile, Dean is, you know, he's not the realist where usually he is. In this episode, he actually believes that his dad is calling him from a cell phone. And it's just like, I agree with you, Chris, that is the core of why the episode is bad. But let me add to that. If I may, what a waste of John Winchester. Anyone watching this or listening to us, rather, that you know that I'm a John Winchester fan. I don't think he deserves the slander that he gets. I don't care if he was a bad parent. It's a show about demons. John Winchester did what he had to do, okay? Now, it was rumored that he was supposed to come back in season three to appear in Dream a Little Dream of Me, as we just talked about, Chris. He was supposed to be Dream Dean. It was supposed to be John, you know, confronting Dean about why Dean feels bad about himself. I'm really glad they didn't go in that direction. I think it had to be Dean looking at Dean. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm glad Jeffrey Dean Morgan didn't come back for that episode, but it felt like they had to bring him back in some capacity, Chris. And for whatever reason, they decided to shoehorn in shoehorn him into this episode and it falls flat. Like it doesn't work. Like why, if you're going to get John back, it has to be impactful. Don't waste it on a cell phone call on top of, all of those things, Chris, the pace is slow. If it, it, it really feels like a filler episode. We were talking about this as a short season. We did not need filler episodes. This one, for all intents and purposes, this is a filler episode. Um, and then icing on the cake, the monster. I, I really hate this trend of like trying to introduce technology into horror movies, Chris. It's, it doesn't work. Can we stop Hollywood? You know, I, I get it. Like technology, it, it controls so much of our lives, but it doesn't work. We talked about the monster. If you want to hear more about that episode, please go back and rewatch that. The monster in that one, it looks nothing like they portrayed it in this episode. It's If I remember correctly, Chris, it's supposed to be like some sort of wolf looking creature. Like they could have done this in the woods, really dark and gritty, but they didn't. They they put him in some phone company building. It could have been a callback to Wendigo type of yes. episode, quite frankly. It, it, and that's what it should have been because... Wendigo is a fantastic episode. You've got a scary situation in the woods. Imagine looking for someone and then having them replicate their voice. I, I mean, that's scarier to me. You yeah. know, so I'm with you. There's so many bad things about this episode. I, It, it is legitimately. And, and again, we don't for all the positive. Again, the story, there's not even there's just I, I struggle to find any positive. And I, as I noted, I had a hard time rewatching this just to get through it. I openly understand if someone said, yeah, I didn't really want to rewatch that. I just listened to what yeah. you said about it. Cause if you started to watch it and you fell asleep, 
you're like me because that's yeah. what happened the first time I watched it. I fell asleep and I forced myself to finish it the next day. Yeah. I mean, what was the message? Dean is desperate. Okay. We know that. I mean, that's that's really what this episode, you know, they could have opened it with a title card. Dean is desperate. Move on to the next episode. I mean, it, it really was a, a really it could have been really a line of dialogue. Episode. Right. It could, it could have been a line of dialogue. And actually would have been more interesting if he said, I'm not that desperate. And he said to like the Ruby, but then he takes some sort of desperate action in some hunt of this monster in the woods. Right. And then he hear I you know what I mean? I it could have been a great way. But let's talk about some positives and let's get to what is one of my favorite parts, and we can break down these episodes a little bit. Obviously, this yeah. has been a rewatch. Um, let me let, let me let me actually just first do this and say, um, for if you haven't watched, or I should say, listened to one of our recaps before, we're gonna break these down. We've each picked three, um, and so you all know we don't look at we have notes for all our episodes, but for these we put our notes separately, so we do not know what each other's gonna say. So yeah. the fact that we agreed on a bunch of things is actually really surprising yeah i'm not surprised we agreed on least favorite episode because i kind of figured it's between two mm -hmm. so it was like a 50 50 shot but in this case we don't know what each other is going to pick uh and, and we're going to start with our third favorite our second favorite and then go into our first favorite uh, we may share some of the same we may not i don't know but uh we're gonna do that now i did do you want to do you want to kick this off do you want you want like to drop your number three yeah, I think this might upset some people, possibly you, Chris, but at least it made my top three. OK, uh, my number three is a very supernatural Christmas, which is episode eight. Now, don't get me wrong. I adore this episode. But the fact is, Chris, there are two other episodes that are better episodes, in my opinion. And, and the way I broke my list down was quality of the individual episode, not what it means to me personally, not you know how it fits into the context of the rest of the season. How good was the episode? You know, what emotions did it conjure out of me? How, do, how does it live by itself? And of course, there, you know, there are other factors depending on what the episode is. But yeah, a very supernatural Christmas. I watch this every year, Chris. Um, if you want to hear like a deep dive, I think we should mention, go back and listen to the episodes. We really do cover them in great detail. But for this one, for a Christmas special, Chris, um, it's got everything. It's got it all. I mean, it's, it, it's got uh, holiday tropes, humor, horror warm family moments a tremendous monster those those that pagan couple uh those two uh they're selling uh, holiday wreaths i believe um it's it's amazing it's the quintessential tv christmas special for one thing it was the mid-season finale um it actually dropped a week before christmas one of the rare times that number one that supernatural even does a holiday episode but also that it dropped you know close to that holiday is is pretty uh special too the child actors, Chris, playing Sam and Dean. I mean, they're superb. The characters playing the pagan gods have already covered that. The capture them, the, you know, the, the the action scenes, how they escape. It is just, it's fudging hilarious, Chris. I, I really do love this episode. And of course, as we talked about on our recap of that episode, possibly one of the best shots of the entire show, that, that pullout shot of the boys drinking eggnog together on the couch. It zooms out of the hotel in very Christmas movie fashion. You see the holiday lights glowing off the Impala. I mean, it's got everything. And it feels like a short episode, Chris, which I think is a measure of a good episode for Supernatural because they, you know, they're not 30 minute episodes. They're long. So for this one to fly uh, for me is, is really an indicator of how good it was. Like I said, I watch this every year. 
despite, you know, podcast or not, it's always on my list. So yeah, it was very close to being my number two, Chris, but as I'll go into, I have two other episodes to cover. What was your number three? And tell me so, it's a very supernatural Christmas. It's not actually that that's actually my number four. Um, wow. It didn't not, make your top three. No. And it's not that I don't like it um, at all. Cause I certainly do. I yeah. think it's a great episode. It just barely, it was close, but we talked a lot about um, two scenes earlier. So this might not be a surprise, but, Dream a little dream of me introduces a cool, a cool, uh, different thing called the dream called dream walking. That's something we deal with later. It has a really cool reveal for Bobby and heavily features Bobby. It has a critical moment for Dean. It's not a perfect episode, but when you put it all together and all the things that it brings to the show, it really was special for me, um, in that way. So, for me, dream a little dream of me comes into that. There's like, and it's really just barely. I, I think if you were going to say, hey, what episode do you want to watch? Here's two episodes. Right. I still think a supernatural Christmas might be one I would pick a lot of the time. But when I think about the episode and the impact on the show mm-hmm. and some of the moments in it, to me, that dream, I could not stop thinking about the fact that dream a little dream of me had two of my favorite moments from the entire series i mean yeah that's that's pretty important so for me it is dream a little dream of me but i i like the story overall i'm not saying the villain was particularly special but i like that they look they try to trick you a little bit they have an unsuspecting villain i don't know new new mechanic dream walking which they will use again i don't know there's there's something to it and so for me just barely it's dream a little dream of me um i'm sure i'll disappoint some people with that but a supernatural Christmas is great, but it's honorable mention for me this time around. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that episode, Chris. It's not in my top three, but it, it deserves more attention. Nobody talks about that episode. It's it's a really important one, and you know Dean is my favorite character, and I just love his tragic nature. And he like like we already covered. There's a ton of growth that Dean has in that episode, so I love that you're highlighting that one. Um, let's get into our number two. Is now the one I'm about to say. I, I think you would probably guess, and most people would guess it being my number one, but it's not. Uh, number two for me is Mystery Spot, uh, episode 11. We've already talked about Dean dying a million times, but let me tell you why it's in my number two. Like I said, I'm, I'm rating these based on you know how good of a self-enclosed episode it is, so to speak. And this one, I think you can watch it and enjoy it without actually having to know what's going on in the season, Chris. Like if, if your friend is interested in Supernatural and they don't know where to start, or, or maybe you just like need to hook them, I would argue this is a great one to introduce to your friends um, because it's so well done. And, you know, Dean's deaths are all creative. They're all funny, but they're also like terrifying at the same time. I think Supernatural hits the perfect balance, Chris, of being funny, approachable, but also scary. Like that triangle of emotions, it's very delicate to get all of those. And this episode nails that. Um, And then in context of the rest of the season, since, you know, that is important. Let's let's make that clear. Um, the episode, it does more than just provide like the shock factor, right? I think at first the shock factor is pretty forward, but this episode, Sam actually learns a lesson. Thanks to the trickster played by the great Richard Spite Jr. Like Sam actually gets something out of this. It's not just, oh, Dean dies a bunch of time. It's like a real funny meta episode. Let's move on to the next one. No, like Sam actually learns a lesson and it catapults him into the second half uh, of the, of the season. So 
mystery spot. We were saying, Chris, you know, does this make your top five? Does it make your top 10? A lot of people are hesitant to put it in their top five. I'm being one of them. It's probably in my top 10 favorite episodes of the show. But in terms of this season, it's got to be my number two. Uh, it, it wasn't close to number one. I want to put that out there. There's an episode better than this one, in my opinion. I'm going to get to that. But this one is better than A Supernatural Christmas. Um, but it deserves number two, uh, in my opinion. What, what was your number two? My number two is is one that I played around with being my number one. And it is, a, in my opinion, it, and this is the hard part. Because in my opinion, it might be the perfect supernatural episode within this season as what I view a supernatural episode. Yeah. Despite that, I, I, I ultimately put it at number two and it's similar. I think maybe to the vein of the way I think about a super, some people think about a supernatural Christmas. I had to kind of make those kind of thoughts and, and say, how do I want to arrange these? Mm -hmm. Justin Bellow though, for me, just barely. It's number yeah. two. It is though. I, I, you could make an argument for number one with this because it is a near a near perfect episode in terms of supernatural, tight spot, big circumstance, great great guests, in 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 like all levels. Uh, you know, you had a bunch of characters who end up helping. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, you know they rented a Scooby Doo gang to kind of help them out, and they took the lead roles, but. I just love this episode and you have great characters to interact with them who all excelled at their roles, which does not always happen. Sometimes there's someone who go, all right, I didn't, they love this person as much or that person as much. These were all perfect. On top of that, you've got the introduction of Lilith as a big bad. It was the first time you see her. So for me, again, you could see why I came this close to putting it number one, but it, falls just short for me it's a really great episode uh so good and uh, i i almost want to put in number one but i i can't i i just can't and i'll get into the to why when i get to my number one i've got a, a bad poker face chris but you could probably guess just by looking at me that yeah my favorite episode is justin bellow um look this is in my opinion the best of the season if not one of the best of the entire series chris i'm gonna go there i'm gonna say this is one of the best episodes of supernatural period and i think if anyone's listening to this and you haven't watched that recently go and watch it um imdb gives it a 9.3 out of 10 chris it was nominated for an emmy in the category of outstanding sound editing for a series this episode it, like you said it begins with like a really epic battle setting but it somehow still manages to focus on like the personal level of the brothers. And then on top of that, the people in the sheriff office, you talk about Nancy, you talk about um, Henriksen, talk about the sheriff, like they all get a moment to shine and they juggle that really, really well. Not to mention that we round out Henriksen's story in this one, Chris, we say goodbye to him while also saying hello to Lilith. So, you know, we're balancing the, entry and exit of you know really long arcs in one episode and you know it, it, it that's what it's about it's about the setting it's about the characters uh and this type of episode it reminds me of of why i love supernatural chris and why it's so great because in later seasons you know they instead of making the show about the brothers and how they help people they decided to up the scale and make it bigger and bigger and bigger and when you do that you lose the sense of what the Winchesters are all about, which is helping the average Joe, 
like helping people that need help. Like you, you drive three days to Kansas to help some random family because you saw them in a newspaper. Like that was always the appeal for me as a supernatural fan. And this episode, although they're captured and that's why they're helping, right? These people, it's, it's still the same thing. You make the setting small, you allow the characters to really shine and you give everybody a chance to have that character growth. So yeah, dude, this one for me, Justin Bellow. I was actually shocked when we rewatched this one, Chris. I, you know, I, I did remember it, but it kind of flies under the radar in terms of like being a really great supernatural episode. And in my opinion, that's what it is. It's great. It is. And I, I, I will say the reason my number one is my number one. And I think you at this point can guess my number one. Uh, it's mystery spot. And there's something about mystery spot because it is memorable. I can show it to anyone and, and get them excited about, look at this show. Like, look at the, the crazy crap these guys go through. Um, it's fun. But at the same time, it's serious because you've got a, an amazing conversation where Sam realizes you maybe need to let go. Um, that sets him, as you said, on a new arc. And I think for me, this is just so memorable that I cannot drop it from the number one spot. Now, I might reevaluate. And if I was saying on standalone supernatural episode that best shows what this show is about at its finest, you could make the argument, I think, based on everything you and I have said, Justin Bellow. Yeah, it's pretty near perfect in that way. But when it comes down to it, I, I will watch Mystery Spot every time. If you yeah. say, hey, want to put on Mystery Spot? It's a great episode. Um, I think between the two of us, we've said plenty about it. But yeah, for me, Mystery Spot, number one, um, Justin Bellow, number two, and then Dream a Little Dream of Me. But you had some really great episodes in this. Uh, and like I said, one or two really bad ones. But yeah. it happens. And, uh, you know, again, these are opinions. Um, just like people didn't like the character of, of Bella, you know, so, you know, it is what it is, but we get to look ahead now, Dan, um, because season four is coming. And next week, when you listen to the podcast, we're going to be talking about season four, episode one. And this is an important episode for a lot of reasons, but why are we looking ahead? What are we looking forward to? I have one word, one word to describe mm -hmm. why I'm looking ahead with excitement. And that word is Castiel. I, mm -hmm. I mean, in rewatching, you forget just what the show was like when you first yeah. start without this character. But if you've come and, and we rec we recommend this on the first episode before watching the pilot, watch the finale. If you've rewatched, if watched the show before, yep. we come from that final season and you go back to this show and there's no Castiel. And something's missing for a moment until you reacquaint yourself with the world. Because you're so used to the boys, Castiel, and Castiel being in this season and seeing his trajectory, sometimes really well written, other times maybe not so much. But I love this character. I'm so excited to dig back into seeing Castiel, uh, you know, and, and we, we, we're going to have him for the bulk of our time going forward, which to me, yeah, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, his introduction is is killer, Chris. And you kind of forget because... You know, the, the showrunners uh, post season six, they really watered down Castiel and Crowley. I mean, they really neuter Crowley, in my opinion. And you kind of forget, like, just how badass uh, Castiel's introduction is. I mean, they're in the barn and there's an electric storm. I mean, it's really, really cool. Um, so I'm excited to get Castiel back. Looking forward to, to season three. I like to look back at, like, what was the reception? What was going on with Kripke and his team at the time? And the biggest criticism of season four, Chris, is that Dean Strip to Hell doesn't really get much attention or screen time. Like, 
yeah, episode one is about Dean rising from hell and, you know, the implications of that. But we don't get a ton of focus on that. It's sort of like, you know, just a, another blip on the radar because reportedly the CW started to pressure Kripke at this time to, and, and, and his team to make the scope of the show bigger. And that's what I was getting at, Chris. The show just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it actually starts with season four. The CW, they wanted to make the show bigger and they wanted to escalate the boy's journey. And therefore you get the angels. And while that does complicate things, I think they really do it well in season four and especially in season five. And yeah, Castiel making that introduction really, really cool. And and the other archangels that we're going to meet too. Like I, I really love the treatment of the angels in season four uh, and then season five. While I do wish they slowed it down a bit, and we're going to see this in season four as a recap of Chris, I wish they slowed it down just a little bit. The first episode is one that I'm really, really excited to watch and recap with you because I, I just think as an episode, it's so well done. And to see Dean come back again, when I was watching this 14 years old, to see him dig his way out of this makeshift grave in this random forest. I mean, like it is the arguably one of the best premieres in supernatural history. Um, so really looking forward to season uh, four, a normal amount of episodes this time, Chris going to take us a little bit longer to rewatch the whole thing, but that's good. We like that. We love the show. The, the season four DVD cover, by the way, is phenomenal. Yes, uh, I don't know if we should have an episode. Where we just talk about the DVD covers, quite frankly, <laughs> that's all it's about because, um, this is how episodes get created here. Uh, we just, an idea gets said. Yep. Um, but seriously, it's a hand reaching out by this small, tiny little cross, Sam and Dean on all different sides. And then you've got Castiel, like the, the looming. looming in the background. It is so perfect. Yeah. Really I cool. just had to, to mention it. It is incredible. And you're right. I think angel lore is exciting. At this time, at a certain point, I'm going to be like, okay, great, angels. All right. Yeah. And I will get to that point. Um, I'm not there at this point. At, at this point, I'm excited still, right? So I'm looking forward to that. I would want to make one other note of thing I'm looking forward to, and that's a man by the name of Chuck, if I'm not mistaken, will make his first appearance in season four. Yes. So um, that's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. We get our first appearance of Chuck in season four. So very excited. I, I Again, season four. Four and season five are ones I've been looking forward to just as much as I look forward to season three. Uh, I wager we will have a little bit of an ease, a harder time picking our least favorite episode in season four than we did this season. Mm -hmm. That I will, I can say confidently. Um, and I think a harder time picking our favorite episodes because there's going to be a lot of doozies in here. Um, that for us, first episode though, I will just tell everybody it's so good. If you go, when you go back to rewatch it, just be excited. Like after you watch this, listen to this episode, schedule some time, watch it, and then come back and hang out with us because that's what's happening. We're dropping season four, episode one next week. And uh, we're going to have a good time. I mean, season four uh, is, is, is here now, uh, but we had some fun with season three. And I thank everybody for coming along with us. If you have a fit friend who's a fan of supernatural who's rewatched, please send the podcast their way. Certainly want to grow uh, the podcast, but we want your feedback too. I know Dan, you've got some great messages through Reddit and um, yes. which are not things people hear all the time, but we've got some really great feedback and, and, and some great positive, positive messages from folks who enjoy listening to the show. So, you know, don't be afraid to message us and let us know what you think. 
Um, if you've got um, a thought about an episode, hey, we, we love to feature that stuff. So um, don't be a stranger, I guess is the biggest thing I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Reddit. Um, leave us a message. We'd love to feature you on an episode. We've done it before. Uh, people love talking about the show as much as we do. So, you know, as season four, as we get started, Chris, there's a lot more to discuss, I think. So you'll find us on Reddit posing questions, uh, prompts, uh, looking to see what you think about certain individual episodes. So we're looking forward to it. New episodes every Tuesday. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. On to the next one. Yeah. And uh, with that note, I will just say that's all for season three, but we'll be back because after all, we've got work to do.